Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. The Coterie have two weeks to get prepared to go after the orphans. Everett began hunting for victims to heal Ridley and suffered a messy success. Well, Ridley reconnected with the Bear Boys, who had become the Silver Foxes, and sorted out getting his vampire-killing gloves. Can the Coterie find what they need to take down a vampiric biker gang? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Ridley, you're getting hungry. Uh, the the bag of, of uh, chum didn't really do it for you. Um, and... I think uh, equal parts. There's the frustration of not being able to go out hunting, and the the uh, intense hunger, uh, and so you are relieved um, when um, you you kind of uh, smell a, a rolling wave of alcohol, uh, just kind of linger in the air as um, a uh, a drunk guy uh, stumbles in. Um, let's say he's like a, like sort of a, a Chris Pratt early, 
because uh, I don't think we ever described this dude, um, early Parks and Rec. So just kind of, you know, a little, uh, little soft, uh, very say jelly. dopey and doughy. You know, yeah, just exactly. this friendly boy. It, it just comes. I say uh, that as a doughy fellow myself. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you're in good company. Uh, so it comes staggering in and um, just kind of like, uh, he says, well, wow, you weren't kidding ever. This is a, well, this is a spooky place. It's just full of spooky doors. And there's bodies down here? Uh, that's right. Uh, here, I want you to meet someone. Have a seat, uh, just over here. Oh, I'll bring him into the lounge. Great. Um, so he just kind of, like, slumps down into, uh, into one of the, 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 the dirty, vaguely uncomfortable seats. Yeah. Uh, and he just looks at that stupid lamp, uh, and he's like, that's a stupid lamp. Uh, and I, like trying to now like mentally distance myself from what's about to happen and my involvement in it. Uh, we'll just look over to Ridley uh, and just say, uh, is it a problem if his blood alcohol content is, you know, through the roof? I mean, from what I know, that just means that I'll get fucked up before I drink him. So. Well, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. It's the perfect time. Yeah. You'll feel the way you look. Well, fucking A. Uh, uh, I'm imagining I'm sitting close to this guy. So, Tom, can I just fucking eat this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to say that uh, the sequence happens, um, given that you're you're going to get smashed drinking this guy, that this is like a classic, like, uh, in my head, it's, uh, if you like, pina coladas. It's just like, there's, it's, you just like having a jolly conversation with Everett, uh, if Everett sticks around. Otherwise, just like, probably <laughs> with Marcus as you drink him. Um but it's it's just kind of a, a Ridley at the bar having a having a fun night uh, montage. Uh, what song plays and uh, what three moments do we see? I think it's if you like Pina Coladas. I think that's a good song. So I feel like that's really appropriate. I feel like it's shot in the style of like the Hangover montages, where it's a little bit fast. Uh, and I think there's like a moment of Ridley telling a dirty joke, but like fucking up the punchline, so like it doesn't make sense to anyone, and he's embarrassed. So that's like moment one. And then moment two is like cutting forward to like the guy explaining how he's fucking over his coworkers uh, because he's making a lot of money, but he thinks it's really funny. Like that was his turn at a joke while Everett just looks deeply uncomfortable. And then it's just like Ridley's eyes going red and attacking the guy for being justifiably shitty so he can fucking eat him. Uh, and then it's like that, that exterior shot of the, the pina colada blood spurts across the window of the room or get caught in the rain, just all over the other side. Uh, yeah, there's just a, a dead guy after. Uh, Everett, do you hang around for this or do you bugger off? Uh, I will hang around actually because I got a question or two for, for Ridley. Okay, so there's a dead guy, he's eaten, there's blood, but not that much because Ridley really was hungry. Uh, yeah. So, Ryan, you can reduce your hunger to. Um, Zero. Great. So what that does is if I'm full at the beginning of a night, I can heal one aggravated damage. E. So, all right. So, I mean, based on how good I'm feeling, I think we only got to do this about seven more days. Well, all right. <laughs> I, I'll keep tabs on the other folks that I track down that seem to be, uh, you know, worthy of this fight. Right, so, well, you look like you got a fucking question in your eyes. What's going on? Yeah, something's been uh, 
bothering me. Like, okay. The, uh, seems like this whole vampire thing, for me, from my perspective, has been a real trial-by-fire kind of situation. And you, you seem to kind of always be the one kind of giving me a smack on the head and telling me what's what every time. How is it that you know so much about vampires? Aren't you, you know, new like me? New well, yeah, I'm, fuck, I'm, I'm fucking new to the vampire thing, but I'm a lot more used to living in the shadows than you are, friend. And I feel like that's your fucking problem, is you want to be half in and half out. And the only thing that being half in in a criminal world makes you is fucking dead. Because you can't have morals in a traditional sense and live in such a, shall we say, corrupt society. So I want to talk to you about this anyways, because we had the other day uh, where we were talking at the... Uh, the fancy vampires stand around and fucking talk, but they called it a ball or something. Well, we were yeah. there, and you, uh, you said you wanted me to kill you, and then I said you should do it, and it left me feeling a bit not right. I want to be clear. If you were fucking mortal, I would never tell you to go kill yourself, because that's fucking shit. Things can get better. We get you treatment. We do all that. So I'd like to be clear that you're in some fucking extenuating circumstances to this one, which is for you to stay alive, you have to kill people, theoretically, forever. And that's kind of a shit deal if you didn't sign up for it. Me, I didn't sign up. But, I mean, if they passed around a fucking clipboard, I fucking would have. And I feel like Iris, well, she's adjusted just fine because there was a little bit of murder in that woman's art from the fucking beginning. But you didn't really sign up for this. So it kind of means you've got to decide whether you're going to step into the shadow or not. And I mean, I do have a dead man on the floor that you brought here and another fucking dead man in a bag that you brought here by accident, which is, I mean, more disturbing overall. So you're kind of stepping into the darkness. So my suggestion to you, because I feel like an underlying question, question one is like, how am I doing this? And question two is how can I also do this without going fucking crazy? I think you need a code. And not the fucking code you had as some sort of human fucking copper, because that ain't doing shit for you. If you don't want to go out and just face the sun and say, I'll never kill again or whatever the fuck, I don't know, saints do, you need a code that'll let you be a fucking vampire and fucking sleep at day. It's not a fucking clear metaphor now that we're vampires. I would say sleep at night, but we fucking do things at night. So like, I think you need, because I got a code, which is I don't fuck with people who don't step into the fucking shit. You want to be a nice person, you want to run your fucking life, then you fucking do that. And I'll never have a fucking problem with you. But if you want to take advantage of other fucking people or try to be fucking hard, then I'll show you what fucking hard is and I'll take your shit and make it mine. I'm going to die by the fucking sword. That's my fucking deal. I, I thought about what you said, you know, just walking out into the sunlight or something like that. That night, I, I thought a lot of things. Uh, and I realized there are some pretty big players in this fucked up game that regular folk don't realize they're pawns in. And I don't much like that. So I think I'm in for now. Just to, I don't know, bring some order 
bring some chaos. I haven't decided on that part yet, but I am tentatively in halfway, as you said. So I may still just end up dying, but I'm in a holding pattern right now. Something I was thinking about a, uh, Veteran detective once told me, gave me some advice. I was having a real hard time cracking the case of this serial killer, and he said I just had to wait for more bodies. Make it easier to track that son bitch down. And he was right in that instance. And so I'm starting to apply that logic here as well. Just wait for more bodies. Make my decision then. See if the answer's clearer. I mean, that makes sense to me, because if your goal is to... I'm guessing serve and protect the community. Does that feel right? I was turned, put in a car, and sent to Montreal. I did not have a lot of time to really weigh oh, my yeah. options. Yeah, no, no, no. What, what I mean is, like, what do you want to fucking do? Because every fucking cunt out there is going to be like, here's the fucking thing I need you to do. I'll crush you under my thumb and make you do whatever. That's fucking shit. Yeah, I'm you know, right to now, learn that. We're working for the fucking Prince of the Camarilla and Angela DeSanti and fucking whoever else is fucking rich and important. But at the same time, I'm looking out for number one. And you got to be looking out for number one because you're my number two. So, like, what do you want? You Are we look friends? After the good people? <laughs> huh? Are we friends, Ridley? Well, I think we're on a fucking team. I know you've been, I, I know your fucking dirty secret. It's not that fucking dirty. You can eat that fucking cunt over there. Just points at the vampire and the SWAT yeah. team. We've just had a full this whole conversation is happening. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. We're on a team. Yeah, I just, I don't know who my friends are anymore. Okay, you, well, you know my secret, so you got that over me, sure. I don't know who my friends are, though. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, I don't know what I'd have to do to be your friend. It's, it's just this. Is it like fucking requirements? <laughs> I haven't thought of it that much. I just thought of, you know, friends are people you like. Like being around. We murder people. Yeah, but they're not like bad people. Like it's it, it, they, you know you murder the bad ones and the good ones get to stay okay. Mostly we fucking murder vampires and supernatural creatures, which I think is fucking food for sport. The, the business that I do involves certain people dying who deserve it and who step out of their fucking place to try to fuck people over. So for me, I look at it like let's say the city's a jungle, and there's a lot of big fucking cats around that fucking eat people. And me, I'm a I'm a jackal. And I got a whole fucking herd of jackals that were going around. And when a fucking lion gets out of line, we fucking take down the lion. And then, you know, we get its cave and it helps us, you know, live longer as jackals. I don't want to fuck with people. I'm not interested in robbing nice people. I'm not interested in muscling fucking nice people. I'm interested in taking all the shittiest people and fucking making my living off of them so that other people can have nice lives. And the least shitty of the shitty people are safe. If it was up to me, the reason I want a strip club or I work with protecting prostitutes to do any of this is they do legitimate work and they deserve legitimate protection and the shittiest fucking users in the fucking world try to prey on those people. So now, old days, a bullet in the head, shove them in an alley, you know, break a bottle in the face, do what you got to do. Now I could just rip their heads off their fucking bodies and stack them up and show them to the rest and say, fuck with the nice ones. I dare you. And that's sort of my purpose. 
and my art of arts. But what's your, well, if you know your purpose, we can fucking build that in, mate. I feel like you don't want to fuck with good people, and I don't want to fuck with good people, and vampires sometimes want to fuck with good people. So we can be that fucking white fanged line. That sounds a bit more appealing than the alternatives I've been considering lately. I know I want to follow through on this Batista thing. That that cult or whatever it is has been nothing but trouble for these folk in Montreal here. But I feel like we've made some real messes along the way already. Dominic Looney. TJ. These were... These were people that I hadn't decided were good or evil or I knew were were good people and they're dead now because of us in some way. I mean, Dominic Looney was the one who was involved with the people who hunt people for sport, correct? Yeah, she was uh, a werewolf that uh, she got her... Oh, She was abducted uh, for the hunt. Yeah, that was shit. That was one of Harvey's cases. That one was was fucking ugly. She was a victim of a kidnapping who, it turns out, could defend herself pretty handily and then fight got a little sideways and she wound up dead. It just seemed senseless. But so much of the killing seemed senseless. At the same time, I mean, we took out the people who went after her and they're not going to get anyone fucking else. we got to break that cycle. I mean, we're not the fucking cops. We don't have fucking armies. We don't have fucking intelligence services. We don't have any of that unless we get more powerful. When we become the fucking peacemakers, we can make sure that the vampires don't do shit, the werewolves don't do shit to the good people, and if they do, we come down on them, and they become fucking Everett's lunch. I guess I thought being agents of the Camarilla that we were cops to an extent. I guess I was wrong about that. Maybe we're more like soldiers. Well, there's a bit of the police, there's a bit of soldier, there's a bit of bounty hunter. I'd say you might want to think of yourself more like an old West sheriff, you know? You watch those fucking westerns and you go, can't always win, at the same time put the bad guy in the ground. Right, right, yeah. I've had the the old-timey sheriff kind of trope laid on me before. It's a bit of the accent, it's the hat. I like the hats. I've always liked the hats, but I, I get it. Well, I think it's just, it's dirty and it's ugly. You know, we're not the regular police, we're the fucking military police because everyone we're going after is a fucking murderer. Yeah, I guess they are. And I'll go eat the, the SWAT guy. <laughs> um, how much of them are you eating? You drain them dry? I'll drain them dry because I took some hits and obviously I've, I got this monkey on my back that's making choices for me, and I'm blacking out, so all right, got to do something about it. Fair enough. Um, to contrast uh, the Pina Colada song, um, what, uh, what plays over uh, this montage that I assume is much more somber and shot in black and white like Zack Snyder trying to make a superhero look real powerful? This man's tragic. screams. <laughs> that's a... Um, it's by Dio, right? Um, yeah. uh, okay, so yeah, uh, the the vampire um, struggles uh, against his his uh, his bindings. Um, you walk over and uh, with a, a kind of, I think, determination that we haven't seen from Everett. You sink your teeth into him and begin to drink. Uh, Ridley, this is a pretty big uh, moment. Um, this is a pretty good thing. 
uh, you haven't had a chance to interrogate this guy, but also this is the first time Everett's been fully on side. What do you do? Also, Everett looks like shit. He's been shot in the head. He's been shot I think in the Ridley's, back. I think Ridley's going to let it play out. Iris is on that case. We had the one guy. I, I fucking, what are we going to do to convince this guy he's going to live? After that conversation, like, we're icing this motherfucker. Yeah. There was no way that we could be like, no, no, no. We're going to let you go. Remember how you heard his dirtiest <laughs> secret? And I talked about how we're going to fuck over to Camarilla. You know? Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> be on your way. You go tell everyone. I put it on Periscope. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just call up Dederick and you're like, listen, do we have a TikTok for you, buddy? It's on Periscope? That'll keep it secret. <laughs> Nobody's fucking watching. <laughs> Why is nobody watching my fucking Vine, damn it? Quibi or whatever. Oh, God. Look, I, I, I like I having monsters in this show, but I, I won't go that far. I won't introduce <laughs> it's that. Scary. It's too scary. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Tyler Hewitt, just coming at you with a little special offer for you. You know, if you're a fan of uh, what we're doing here on the show, then we have, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Holkins, a patron-oriented experience tailored just for you. If you go to patreon.com slash dice. You can sign up and get a bunch of special features that we're not really going to make available to anyone else. So do that now. Well, not right now, but, you know. So a couple days go by um, with sort of similar similar patterns. Um, we'll say that, um, uh, Everett, you're able to uh, obtain um, probably a person every couple days, not, not every day. But uh, really, you're already starting to feel better. Uh, your skin's starting to, to grow back. Um, your calisthenics in the morning are getting a little easier uh, every day. Um, you've heard from Iris, um, just to kind of assure you that things are going fine. Uh, of course, by heard from Iris, I mean you heard from Emily on behalf of Iris. Um, Which with, is more uh, comforting than if Iris had called, because then we would assume something was terribly wrong. 100%, yeah, yeah. Just calls and like, hello, definitely not a demon here. Uh, can you <laughs> blindfold yourselves and like come to this empty quarry? Uh, come unarmed, ha-ha, <laughs> XOXO Gossip Girl. Um, so, um, yeah, you're getting sort of vague updates. Um, however, um, Harvey is, uh, is starting to recover and is hungry, and that's proving to be a bit of an issue given his particular predilection. Um, so in this particular evening, um, you, you awake, um, to, uh, uh, an immaculately, uh, dressed man staring at a pocket watch, uh, and with him is a, um... Uh, sort of like a, a stocky, uh, stocky guy um, who is uh, aggressively vaping, um, but doesn't seem to be deriving any pleasure from it. Like he's just he's taking pulls off this this uh, handheld vaporizer and uh, just kind of muttering to himself. Um, so you recognize uh, Jacob Kane, um, who uh, has uh, a. Um, a, uh, he seems to be carrying like a, a strange sort of, you can probably tell it's, it's an animal cage um, with just a velvet cloth over it. Um, and uh, you're not sure how long he's been standing here because he's just kind of there when you get out of the uh, out of the morgue beds. Um, and uh, he just like clicks his pocket watch shut as though this is the exact time he expected you to do this. But it is very clear he's been standing here for a while, uh, given how agitated his friend is. Um, and um, he just kind of runs a, a dry tongue over his lips and says, Oh, very good. 
Very good. You've awoken exactly at the time I suspected. Dr. Skull's chronometer is very good at informing me when important things are going to happen, and it would seem he was not wrong today. I have brought a small snack for your friend. I was instructed that you might need something of perhaps a more animalistic variety for him, so I found one of the trash bandits, as the people here seem to call them. Perhaps he will find it to his liking. Uh, and he pulls the velvet cloth off, and there is a, uh, a raccoon just, like, banging around in this cage. Uh, good evening, Mr. Kane. Uh, why would your... Sorry, you said chronometer? Is that right? Yes, it is a pocket watch, but I've always preferred the way chronometer rolls off the tongue. Right. Why would your pocket watch deem it important that Ridley and I wake up this evening? Um, he just kind of grins and, and tilts his head like almost to a 90 degree angle um, and just says, Oh, Mr. Fry, that is a very fun concept indeed, is it not? Please, give this to your friend, Mr. Harvey, I believe I was informed. Um, we'll say that, Ridley, you at some point texted um, uh, uh, DeSanti to let him know. This isn't, like, anything weird and arcane. It's just you've had a couple days. Yeah. And Harvey, who is is looking, like, um, kind of gaunt at this point, um, you know, still badly injured, but also he hasn't really eaten in a while, so... It's that kind of um, horrifying thing where, like, again, being, like, a big dude, um, his kind of weight is hanging off him a little bit um, in such a way that he kind of has to stagger forward and just says, Much obliged, you crazy stranger. Um, and uh, he uh, immediately starts um, chowing down on the raccoon. Uh, immediately, uh, the doctor uh, flips the, the vaporizer around and drops it into uh, one of his uh, coat pockets. Um, and uh, he looks at you, Ridley, and then he looks at Harvey. Um, and he just says, uh, So, uh, which one of you should I look at first? Who is more injured? Um, and uh, Jacob Kane says, You'll have to excuse my lack of manners. I was so excited about the chronometer, I forgot to introduce my colleague. This is Dr. Horatio Pepper, and he is here to check your injuries. Mr. DeSanti was very concerned that perhaps you would be having some difficulty reviving yourself from your particular injuries. Dr. Pepper here understands our condition quite well. It's a good thing he's not Dr. Garlic, isn't that And, like, Dr. Pepper is just he's heard it. He's heard it so many times. He's just, like, shaking his head. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's... Thank you, Mr. Kane. Uh, look... Right, well, let my boy eat the fucking raccoon and, uh, mm. fucking right over here first to be great. <laughs> right. Points at himself. So he um, he walks over and, and looks you up and down. I assume because you just woke up, you're you're naked. Uh, so you just like looks oh, yeah. up very clinically. Look, there's no no particular. Uh, like, he doesn't Rats. really. <laughs> um, and uh, he says, uh, "Well, I, I'll admit I've I've seen worse, but I've also seen better. Uh, this is UV da sun damage. Yes. Yeah, some sort of light grenade." Ah, oh, yes. me. 
The Inquisition is rather fond of those weapons when they can get their hands on them. They are incredibly rare, though, I must say. You are clearly not dealing with average zealots. Nope. Okay, well. Um, and he kind of, like, looks back at Kane with kind of a what-the-fuck dude look. Um, Kane, however, is, uh, he is looking down, and you're hoping he's looking at your dong. But no, he's in fact just looking at your feet. Just, like, enraptured. All right. So, uh, Doc, so what you got for me? Um, so, uh, Pepper um, just kind of, like, um, flips open his medical bag and roots around a bit. Um, and he pulls out a small vial, um, and he says, uh, this is uh, some somewhat forgotten magic, so make sure you use every last drop. These are incredibly rare, but Mr. DeSanti wanted you to get the best possible medical care. The next time you uh, slake your hunger, um, drink this vial. I believe uh, you uh, know of the substance Drac that has been uh, plaguing our streets. This is a uh, somewhat earlier... uh, iteration of the alchemical composition. A completely different dram, uh, but uh, one of the many ways the kindred have found to alter our our blood. Uh, It will uh, increase the speed of your recovery by quite a bit. Fucking A. All right. Thanks, Doc. Um, And then uh, he uh, looks over at uh, Harvey, and he goes and checks him and, and is just like clearly like the fire damage and the like general uh fucked up nature and eventually he just turns back to um uh jacob kane and says uh mr kane you might want to see if you can call in a favor with animal control this kindred requires much more to eat and harvey just looks up from the raccoon and kind of looks like a raccoon himself he's got like a blood smear over his eyes and like a little bit on his nose it's kind of adorable but in a really gruesome way um and he's just like oh i'd be much obliged um and then he looks at you ridley and he says is that all right i don't really know how this uh this uh, relationship's supposed to work, but like, do I do I gotta ask you for for permission to eat or what's? No, no, you do you, my friend. Sorry yeah. about these old confusing power dynamics. No, 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 you're fine. Just don't, you know, commit any crimes or run around and be like, I'm a vampire, because then they're gonna fucking kill me with you. So just, you oh. know, be reasonable in that yeah. way. No, I wasn't gonna say that anyway. I got enough people laughing at me when I say I'm a comedian. I don't need them laughing at me for the vampire thing. Also, and he, he kind of like darts his eyes down, darts his eyes back up. He's like, well done, Mr. Beef. Ah, oh, fucking, if you weren't my son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, right. Uh, so, yeah, you got any more of those critters? I, I'd be happy to, to, to chow down on them. Uh, Doc, I got a question for you if you know about vampires. So... If there's some sort of animal that's got fucking, like, rabies as shit, so it's, like, fucking ruined as an animal, uh, what happens if Harvey fucking drinks that? Um, Dr. Pepper kind of, like, scratches at, at his his hair, and um, th- this is a little bit like the... I looked it up on WebMD. Do you think I have question he gets? Uh, and he's like realistically our kind shouldn't be eating 
animals or vermin. It is unnatural and unpleasant. But the unfortunate uh, nature of, uh, I believe, your particular strain as well is that uh, we can't choose our tastes. Rabies, it's similar to uh, consuming blood with a humor. Um, you can taste kind of the, the experience and the, the, the emotional state of your victims. You may not have noticed this given that, uh, as I understand from uh, what you've told me, both of you are ventrue and thus can only imbibe of a certain type. Uh, but for many kindred, myself included, finding the exact humor you want to sample is truly the spice of life. In Mr. Harvey's case, the rabies will act like that. He might get a little bit kooky, like a teenager at spring break, but it will have no further adverse effects. All right, so, Harvey, I'm thinking we can make you an animal control friend who can bring you the animals that are sick, so we're not, like, taking out a good one, because animals are kind of incapable of fucking evil, except for seagulls. So anything with rabies or fucking seagulls, you can eat them all. Fuck them. You'll be really good at finding fries. Um, and uh, Kane just kind of looks around and says, Oh, that is a brilliant idea. Mr. Beef, perhaps we could find Mr. Harvey a job on animal control, and that way he would have access to all he could eat. Mr. Kane, does uh, Mr. DeSantis own any farmland outside of town? Um, and uh, he just sort of shakes his head. Uh, you can almost hear his neck creak as he does it. Um, and he just kind of runs a hand back through his stringy hair and says, Unfortunately, Mr. DeSantis's properties are mostly in the downtown regions, after all. He does want to own the medical field here, not in the sticks, as he has put it, though I do think that would be lovely to have a farm. Sure, sure, never mind then. So, Arvi, do you want a job in animal control where you can kind of go around and pick up some fucking snacks and shit? I mean, I guess uh, it, if that makes it easier, uh, I don't think I'll be able to take on cases for a little while at least, and uh, got to kind of figure figure some shit out, you know. Uh, I didn't want this, and uh, honestly, Everett, from what I know about you, you probably didn't want this either. So I, I got some, uh, well, I would say soul-searching, but I think it's probably a little too late for that now, ain't it? But... Um, Kind of got to figure out what my relationship to God is now, you know? Hmm. And then, you uh, know I never went in for that kind of stuff, Harv, but I understand. I understand you need to do some thinking. Um, and he kind of nods, and uh, he looks down at um, uh, the cross that's still kind of like buried in his chest, and he kind of plucks it out painfully, and he's like, you know, it's funny. Everything uh, I, I remember in the, the movies, shouldn't this be, you know, burning me or scaring me? And uh, Dr. Pepper just kind of shakes his head. He's like, it's a common misconception among newly turned kindred that somehow the beliefs of the religious will injure them. Some, in fact, fear it so much it hurts them physically. But no, it has no effect on our kind aside from the connotations you grant it. 
I believe your Miss Dunn may suffer this affliction, if I am not entirely mistaken. But for most of us, it means nothing more than the ancient scribblings that uh, perhaps our antediluvian counterparts believed in, but now has little warrant and little power over us, at least not in my particular opinion. And he kind of looks down at his watch, and he says, uh, If there's nothing further, I have other patients throughout the city. Our kind are rather badly done right now. Is there any way we can contact you again, should we get roughed up? Um, he nods and he says, uh, As I understand it, you've been doing a rather good job of clearing out these disgusting, thin-blooded children of Batista. I have had to deal with more fallout from their utter carelessness than almost anything else in my time here. The service you are doing is one I want to support. So yes, I will absolutely assist you when I can find the time. Appreciate it, Doc. Hopefully, uh, we won't call on you anytime soon. Thank you. Uh, and with that, he kind of turns on his heel and uh, leaves in kind of a, a puff of, of vapor. You get the sense that, uh, similar to Iris uh, continuing to drink her bourbon, it's just like, it's his one kind of, like, touchstone. Uh, so it's just a, a faintly sweet caramel smell on the air as he, he storms out. Uh, and... Uh, Jacob Kane is is smiling um, thinly, and uh, even for a vampire, his teeth are strange. They're just all, like, a little bit too small. Um, and uh, he's uh, kind of, like, uh, looking at the, the raccoon um, carcass, and he just says, Would you like my assistance in disposing of the vermin now that it has been properly enjoyed? Yeah, I think that'd be in order. Yeah, and if you could hook up Harvey with, let's say, some sort of part-time animal control gig so he can find a food, do the work, pay for the apartment, and then maybe have some time to himself to think, that'd be great. Um, he just nods and he says, Yes, I find time alone to be an incredibly important thing, don't you? Um, and then he just places a hand on the raccoon's body, um, and his eyes... Um, briefly uh like the veins in them uh, begin to surge and as his smile grows wider uh, you can smell smoke as uh, flames flicker kind of out of his palm uh into the corpse which he just watches sort of slowly burn to ash with just kind of an incredibly uh gleeful smile on his face this smells fucking horrific in this small space um and he is not quick about it uh, and when it's done, he just stands up. There's like a, a smoking pile of ash. Um, and he uh, takes a, a, a handkerchief out of his pocket, wipes his hand down, and then suddenly kind of tilts his head, reaches into his pocket, pulls out his pocket watch, and says, Ah, yes, right on time again. Always right, Dr. Skull. Always right. He clicks it shut, turns on his heel, and leaves. Ridley, what the fuck was that? Okay, that was some kind of magic. Ridley's saying this as he screws the smoke detector's battery back in, having <laughs> yeah. like reached up and taken it down while yeah. the guy yep. set fire to a raccoon in a hospital. So that was a man 
that we do not want to fight if he knows we're going to fight him. That's what I'd say. Seems like he's going to know that kind of stuff. If that pocket watcher he is is to be as powerful as he claims. At the same time, the pocket watch has not revealed to him a secret that we're already aware of. So I don't fucking think he can read our minds. Right. I don't think it gives him information on us. I think it tells him things are going to happen and when. Yeah, so my guess would be, let's try to stay this man's friend and a friend of Mr. DeSantis. Ah, uh, he seems more dangerous and capable than a prince currently, which is nice because he's our patron and terrifying because he's our patron. Yeah, he wants us to investigate the death of one Dr. Scullerman. Yeah, we're going to need to find a fucking Patsy for that. However, we do need to take out the orphans. And there are a bunch of vampires who've theoretically done violent things. So I'd say, Isa guy, fucking pin it on a dead guy with some decent evidence. That's a start. I can, uh, I could look into drumming up some evidence. Yeah, and I gotta fucking eat someone along with this fucking, you know, high sea pack or whatever he fucking gave me. So maybe we could use your investigation. Because if we can go down and scope out a fucking orphan's territory... Maybe you make some calls to the police. We could find the scummiest fucking sack of shit who's under their umbrella and we could just make him disappear. I get to eat, the war on the orphan starts, and you get to clean up the streets a little bit. That does sound nice. My contact on the police force uh, shot me in the head, though, so I don't know if she's quite ready to talk about that yet. Well, do you think she feels bad about it? Or do you think Sounded it like it when I was playing dead. Okay, there's some stuff we could do with this. We could do a spooky text. You could shop at the house and ask for information. You could reveal you're alive. Does she know you're a fucking vampire? She seemed to have some kind of inclination. There was another man there. He was kindred. Another man, a Scottish accent. I can't remember his name, and I've switched my notebooks. It's all good. It's uh, Sergeant William McGregor. He was uh, Sergeant William McGregor. He dropped me off at the, uh, the ball. And he I haven't knew, heard uh, from him since, but I, I think he's got some work for us. Okay. So if we talk to this uh, Sarji fellow, we can clear things up with your police friend, and then we can fuck up the orphans. Does that feel like a bingo, bango, bongo style scenario? Feels right. Yeah. Well, then let's go commit a series of justifiable homicides in a name of good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Meggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai. Angle and all our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. That's J A H Z Z A R. 
All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.